Isaiah 28 this morning. Isaiah 28. Uh, and a little bit of a different Sunday school class this morning. And we're continuing on building on what we've been looking at. We looked at salvation in the first lesson, right? Uh, then we looked at uh, faith, okay? Uh, now we're going to look at putting those things together and using the correct building materials. Remember, we are God's building. Uh, any structure must have a foundation. And we looked at that. That salvation is, that structure, that foundation is Christ in his shed blood. Our salvation is sure, a foundation which no man can lay, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. So he is our foundation. So we know God isn't going anywhere, right? We know that. We know he's not going anywhere. We know that the foundation is strong and secure. Now we must have the faith. Now we have the faith to take what God's word says and begin to build. And that's what we're going to do today. And I'm going to illustrate this with we're going to build something today. Welcome to shop class with pastor. And we're going to be building something this morning. So and we're going to use this as a visual illustration to look at what happens when we build with materials that are God's, but maybe we forget a few things along the way. We're going to look at a couple of different situations. But Isaiah 28 and verse 10. Now, there's some context of what's going on in Isaiah. Remember, Isaiah, the book of Isaiah is a condemnation of the spiritual condition of Israel at this time. A time of apostasy and a preaching of that Isaiah did was prophesying judgment of the Babylonian, uh, of the Babylonian uh, captivity coming. Uh, and so this is an, right here in Isaiah 28, verses 10 through 12. Uh, we see the results of turning away from God, but also how you get to a place of being right with the Lord and also how you grow as a Christian. Proverbs 28, 10 says, As whoso causeth the righteous to go astray is an evil way, in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit, but the upright shall have good things in possession. The rich man is wise in his own conceit, but the poor that hath understanding searcheth him out. When righteous men do rejoice, there is great glory. Oh, wait, I'm in Proverbs. I'm sorry. I'm like, wait a minute, because I'm in 28, Isaiah 28. I'm like, there's something wrong. Maybe, okay, this is not what I've prepared. But that, well, those are great verses, though. They're wonderful verses. Uh, it threw me off because it's, we are in chapter 28, so I'm like, oh, I'm already there. I didn't think I'd turn there, but I forget things sometimes. All right, it's been a couple weeks, right? All right, Isaiah 28, verse 10. Here it is. For a precept, there we go. For a precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people, to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith he may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. So this is a condemnation of Israel's spiritual condition. Giving the preaching of the word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept, there, here little, there little, building up. But you know what they said? I don't want that building material. I don't want that. I want something else. And so we're going to look at today is building God's house and using the correct building materials. And this morning you'll learn how to build what God would have you build. But let's pray before we continue this morning. Let's pray together. Dearly Father, I pray your blessing this morning on this lesson. I pray, Lord, that this would stick in our mind and in our memory. And I pray that you would just uh, give us grace, dear Lord, that only you can bestow. I thank you for this uh, lesson that you laid on my heart. And I pray today that we would take it to heart. 
We thank you for this church. We thank you for all that you are doing here. And thank you that we're home, dear Lord, safely. And I pray that you will bless the day. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So uh, first, number one, in order to build something, we have some uh, structure here. We have some pieces of wood. Uh, But the first thing that you need is you need a blueprint to know exactly what you need to do. Uh, Because sometimes, you know, uh, people that are skilled in woodworking uh, or working, we saw the Davises while we were up there. They say hi, by the way. Uh, we're able to go have dinner with them, and uh, we're able to ride four-wheelers on their property, so they, so that was the highlight of the vacation for Caleb and the boys. So uh, we had a good time, but uh, we were able to spend some time with them. And one thing that I marveled at when Brother Davis was working here is that he could build a wall without a blueprint. He had it in his brain. He knew how to do it. He knew how to measure, but he still... When the place on the floor where the wall was supposed to go, he would take out a chalk and he'd draw where that was, he would measure and he would mark where that's supposed to go. He would create a blueprint on the ground. Even though he is extremely experienced, he still knew where that was going to go. And then he would drill holes and he'd put tap cons into the concrete to make sure that piece of wood didn't go anywhere because he knew that was essential to how straight the wall was going to be and how strong the wall was going to be. So when we see in our passage, line upon line, I want you to think pieces of wood this morning, okay? Pieces of wood. You know, every single house, we see beautiful homes, right? We say, wow, those are amazing. Every single one of those houses began with one piece of wood. We see the great sculptures that we, maybe you go and see those. We were down in Washington, D.C. We saw the great monuments. We took a tour of the Capitol building, and we sat in the great rotunda of the Capitol building. If you've never been there, I highly recommend it. And just see the, uh, as to show off the greatness of our country, and we see those statues. Each one of those statues is like, wow, someone crafted those. They're made out of stone. They, at one time, were just a formless piece of stone doesn't matter what it is. It all began somewhere. And we have to get this idea out of our mind that, well, we see people who are saintly, godly, Christian people, and we begin to go on our journey and say, well, I'll never get to that place. They began in the same place just as you did. So don't think, just get that out of your mind that you can never get to that place. There's a level that I'm not, because of my past and because of what I've been through, because of whatever excuse the devil wants to put out there for you, that I can never get there. Throw that out of your mind. You know, I want to have a good family. I want to have a family that reflects the love of Christ, that reflects the, uh, the attitude of Christ and the structure, but I'll never get there because that's just not in the cards for me. We all began in the same place. Uh, well, you have an advantage. You were brought up different. Guess what? Each one of us have our own set of advantages and disadvantages. doesn't matter who you are. Because if you look at the disciples, each one of them had their own strength and weakness, but all of them, I mean, one was a tax collector, which was based on someone that was a partisan to the Roman government. One, a couple were fishermen. One was an activist, a zealot. Okay, what is that? He's a terrorist. That's what zealots were. They were terrorists. And so we say, so don't believe Muslims can't get saved, amen? Uh, because, you know, it's, we have to understand something. God has a blueprint, and it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from, what cult your culture is, if you follow the blueprint, you're going to build the same thing. And it's something that God is pleased with. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 3 for a moment. 1 Corinthians 3. We're going to be there for just a couple minutes. We'll also be in 1 Corinthians this morning as well, so make sure you put a marker there because the morning sermon comes out of this uh, 
same area, 1 Corinthians 3, verses 10 through 15. Let's look at that this morning. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. Okay, so this is Paul speaking. God has given me wisdom to build. I am going to show you how to build. That's what Paul's saying. Is Paul saying that I have provided the materials? No, that's not what he is saying. God has provided the materials. Paul's saying, and this is what every pastor should do, if you're going to be in ministry, this is what you're going to be. You're going to be a master builder. Now, if you look at master builder, a builder is not just someone that um, uh, follows the directions of the foreman, okay? Because when you have building and construction jobs, you have people that are just workers, depending on their skill. Okay, so that they're just doing menial jobs. Basically, they do whatever the foreman tells them. But a master builder is able to look at the blueprints, figure out what needs to be done, and then tell other people how they're to build it. That's what a pastor does. And that's what Paul is doing here. So as a wise master builder, he's able to look at the blueprints because have you ever been to a job site where they have this big, huge thing and it's the big blueprints laid out there, maybe a big job site, and there's one person. It's usually the foreman. Or the boss of some kind, and he's the master builder, and he's the one, this is what the blueprints say, and this is how we're going to do it. Because not every person that builds anything can look at blueprints, blueprints and know what to do. Okay, I've looked at blueprints, I'm like, I'm so glad people can build a house out of that. I have no idea how that works, okay? Uh, I, I mean, I can see the measurements and things, but it's amazing. They can look at it, and then they can see it in their mind, and they're like, this is what it needs to look like. That's what Paul's saying here. As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereupon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Everyone has the same foundation of Christ, right? Take heed how you build. Pay attention to how you build. It does matter. There's a lot of people out there saying it doesn't matter what you do after you're saved. It matters tremendously. And we need to understand that. Verse 11, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, the foundation of what? Not of himself, but of Christ. Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Okay, going from great value to least value. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide where he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If a man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Interesting that when you see the God's word described, you see it described as gold and as silver, but not as precious stones. I wonder, do you know that diamonds burn? Do you know that? I didn't know that until actually uh, when you have a house fire and you have diamond rings, you're not going to find your diamonds afterwards because they, they actually burn. Uh, you'll find the gold many times melted, but the more you heat gold, the more refined it becomes. The more you heat silver, the more refined it becomes. But precious stones, they many times will be destroyed by fire. Most people don't know that. But as we're looking at it, so this is, what is the, what value, what are you building? Are you building something that lasts forever or just for today or tomorrow or next year? Because this is a great description of how homes are built in this area. Because you... <laughs> Right? Uh, there are homes that are going up. There is no way. I'm just telling you. I don't care how many people are working on it. There's no way that they can throw up a house that fast and it's going to last 30 years. Maybe it will. But it's, it's, I, I, Brother Connor and I, we were knocking over here in these new houses. And uh, I think they're Stylecraft or something. If they built your house, I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, was, we were looking at it. And just sloppy work. 
I mean, if you're going to paint a house, don't paint over stuff. I mean, and it's just, it was just, you could tell it wasn't put together well. And I'm like, man, I don't want to live in that house because guess what? You're the one that's going to have problems 20, 30 years down the road, pad cracking or whatever. Or you can buy a house from a builder. It's going to cost more money, but it's going to last 50, 60 years, maybe 100 years. I'm just thankful. Don't complain about the house prices around here. Up in Pennsylvania, it's 450000 for a 100-year-old house. Oh, yeah. I was, <laughs> not even a nice one. Uh, I was um, unbelievable. And here's the problem up there. They still make the same amount of money we make down here. So that's, there's a big, humongous, uh, the inflation is really hitting hard up there. Three seventy a gallon for fuel. Whew. I'm so thankful that I had a rental that had good gas mileage. Anyway, <laughs> it, was, it was expensive. But so the line upon line idea here, every drawing begins with, when we see, we look at a drawing, a beautiful painting. Beautiful drawing. You see those beautiful works of art. It all began with one line. And line upon line upon line eventually made something beautiful. Every house begins with one piece of wood or one piece of stone. You know, we see cornerstones up up there. And if you see old buildings, you'll see the cornerstone that has the date on when it was built. A lot of houses up there built in 1905. A lot of churches were built in 1900, 1910, 1890. You know, a lot of them, they're still using them. And they're brick buildings, but they have a cornerstone with a date on it. You know, that date, you all have a cornerstone that has a date on it, the date you got saved. Are you going to build on it? You know what's sad is that there's too many people that they get to the end of their life and they barely built anything on that foundation or they built wood, hay, and stubble and it just blows away. I don't know if you've ever seen hay and stubble burn. It's gone in about half a second. Just boom, it's gone. So the first step is to learn what foundational steps you must take. So that is what we have, we've been learning about in our What's Next handouts here. Next steps you should take. This one's about baptism. If you've never been baptized, you're saved, but you've never been baptized. I want you to read this week's handout. It's important. A baptism is essential in our first step of obedience, building on that foundation, okay? So I just wanted to encourage you with that and read this week's. Uh, also, I hope you understand that for the rest of you, this is to help you be familiar with this What's Next book so you can disciple somebody. That's why I'm doing this. So some of you are learning, some of you are going to be taught. By the way, this Wednesday we start the biblical foundation of discipleship. That's the introduction this Wednesday night. So I'm going to start the discipleship class this Wednesday. And is discipleship biblical? Absolutely. I mean, the 12 disciples, what more do we need? But there's a great, uh, pre- there's a great um, precepts there that we must abide by in order to pr- disciple biblically. So that's what we're going to learn now on Wednesday. Preview, be here Wednesday night. So... Now we need to build with God's material. So as I mentioned this morning, that this is shop class with pastor this morning, okay? So we're going to do a little bit of building, but each one of the things that we're going to be building with is representative of something that is essential. Here it is. I'll find it. There it is. Okay. Essential for... I'm moving this up, Brother Co. Here we go. All right. Welcome, welcome to cooking with pasture. No, no, I'm doing that because I don't want to get sawdust on my clothes. All right, so here, we're going to move over here. So, number two, build with God, God's material. So begin with the blueprint. The blueprint's the word of God. You can't dispense with it. You must have it. That's the, there are other blueprints out there, but they're not going to work out the way God's 
does. Remember, all of those end in instruction. We're going to learn that about God's wisdom or about man versus God's wisdom in the morning service. Uh, but we must build with God's material. So there are many precepts that God is going to teach you in your Christian life. They're clear biblical commands. And to help visualize, we have a small building project this morning. So we're first going to start the bottom part of the wall, okay? Have you ever seen a, a wall? We're going to build a miniature wall here today uh, that has a top and a bottom piece and the ends and the middle supports. But in order for us to even begin to follow the blueprint, we must first start with the base of submission to God. We must be willing to submit, God, this is what I need in my life. I want to build with your materials. I'm submitting to you. I'm not wise enough to know what to do. I need you to tell me what I must do. That is the first step in discipleship. That's the first step in growth. That is the first step. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. We'll read that very quickly together. By beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove was that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So this is what we're going to have. We're going to have submission to God, okay? We need some tools here along the way. We're going to need our, our square. Also, whenever you follow blueprint, measure and mark. Okay, I've already pre-marked all of this to save us a little bit of time. But whenever you follow blueprint, okay, I need to make sure the length is right and mark where everything is supposed to be. We must have the right tools there. So, need a little energy here. All right, here we go. So, Submission to God is where we're going to begin, okay? Right here. Now, to top it all off, what our goal is, before we can begin to build the next level, to build, put weight upon it, you need the bottom part of a wall. We're going to have supports here in a minute. You need a top part of the wall, and that is victory. That's what we want, right? We want to have victory over sin. We want to have victory in our life. We want to live the victorious Christian life, and you can't begin to build the next level until, here we go, Victory, you are practicing what God has taught you to practice. So, but how do we get what's got to go in here? Well, I'm glad you asked. So we have four precepts that we're going to learn today. First, first truth here, church attendance. Okay, so if you want to grow in your Christian life, you need to be in church faithfully. Here's why. There's going to be three other precepts I'm going to teach you. You're not going to learn anything about them unless you do this first. Let's be honest, because you can read the word of God and you can learn it, absolutely, but you need a wise master builder. You need a pastor. You need a preacher to tell you, hey, this is how you build here, here, and here, but it begins with this first. Now, if you just come to church every once in a while, and now let's try and put this together. You know, I can put screws in that, and it might hold there for a little bit, but as soon as you put weight, what's going to happen? Oh, that's going to fall apart. Too many Christians, they are falling apart because they're not learning this, this, and this because they can't get this right. So what does the Bible say about this? Hebrews 10, 25. There's a verse for it. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Once again, a basic task. Something basic. By the way, if we love the Lord, we ought to learn as much as we can about him, right? We're going to spend eternity with him, right? So why is it we have to drag people out to church? And by the way, we shouldn't be dragging people out to church. They ought to want to come. Amen. You are here because you want to come. Praise the Lord. And, what, and many times I don't think people understand the importance of this. They just simply don't understand. And we must tell them that's part of 
Discipleship. Teaching them what the Bible says about attending church and why it's important. It's not enough to say, well, it's just what you're supposed to do. I don't know why. I just know I'm supposed to be here because preacher said. That's not good enough. Why are we here? We're here to worship the Lord, of course. We're here to minister to other people, have a ministry in the church and to minister. But that's not enough. We're here because we love the Lord and we want to learn and we want to grow. If you have that desire, then church attendance isn't a problem for you. So this is where we start here, church attendance, church, church membership as well. Church attendance, church membership, church in general. Okay, we're going to put that there. Let's hope it stands. Nope. Let's see. Okay, it's going to stand. Just don't move it too much. All right, here we go. Don't worry, there's a purpose to that. It's going to fall. And all you're going to be watching, it's going to fall. It's going to fall. Okay. The second is that of forgiveness. We have claimed the forgiveness of God. Amen? You're saved. You've been forgiven and cleansed of sin. But here it is. Too many times there is something that is either happened to us or is, hap- or is going to happen to us that we are unwilling to forgive. That we are unwilling to forgive. We're unwilling to let things go. For Colossians 3, 13 through 15 says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on, here it is, charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be thankful. To forgive those that hurt you. People are going to hurt you. Things are going to happen. Forgive them. Move on. But why is this, as a preacher, I understand. Why is this number two? Why is this the second thing? Because if you don't forgive, there's no way you're going to learn the next two. When we hold off forgiveness, that's as far as you're going to grow. Because you're out of fellowship with God. We look, read 1 John and 2 John, 3 John. Read those. Talk about what it talks about forgiveness and loving your neighbor and loving your brother in Christ. If you're unwilling to forgive, you're unwilling to love your brother in Christ and hate them instead, so the love of God does not dwell in you. What does that mean? Check that you're saved if you hate your brother. Too many Christians have hatred in their heart because of something that's happened in the past. Forgive it. I love, uh, have a book that uh, I read, and it's a book called They Meant It for Evil. It is this girl that endured horrendous abuse, horrendous sexual abuse, but came to the place where it said they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, and she helps other people in that. She, come to, she came to the place of forgiving all the people, and it was many different people over her entire lifetime, from the time she was a small child until she was an adult. Unbelievable, horrendous. And she forgave them. You're like, wow. She said, the only way I was able to do that is because of what Christ, Christ forgave me. Through the power of God, I was only, only, that's the only way I was able to forgive. And so because of that, the rest of her life has built and fallen into place. But too many people let their life stop here because they won't forgive. Christ forgave you all your sin and all your trespasses. Forgive the trespasses of others. Now we move on. And you will have peace. You'll have the love of Christ. Next is honesty. Being honest with others and also being honest with God. Being honest with yourself. Honesty. Proverbs 8, 7 says, For my mouth shall speak truth. 
and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. Ephesians 4.25 says, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Ephesians 4.29, a few verses later, says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. No bending the truth, fessing up to your mistakes, don't blame someone else for your problems or your mistakes. Oh, that's huge today. It's not my fault. It was somebody else's fault. It was my parents' fault. It was my siblings' fault. It was my boss's fault. It was somebody I don't even know's fault. I don't know who they are, but it was their fault somehow. Victimhood. Be honest. There are mistakes that we make. Own them. That's what, I'm sorry, we had to see. You look in the word of God. There are people who had to own their mistakes. There's those that did, those that didn't. And if you want to build a strong foundation, let's be honest. Honesty in the home. Honesty with your children, that your children are honest with you, that they're honest with each other. This is a rule. Honesty is essential. But here it is. Be honest with God about your sin. Be honest with, don't try and hide it. Don't give it, make excuses for it. God, I have sinned. I've done wrong. God will forgive and restore. This is the pillar of anyone's Christian life. Honesty. Be honest. Be forthright. Speak the truth. Okay, now we're getting there. We're getting to a place. It's almost looking like a wall, isn't it? Then the next is that of purity, staying away from sin. This is essential in your Christian life. If you want to grow as a Christian, you must be pure. Holiness is another way we could put this. The purity of Christ, the purity of God, keeping sin out of your life. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, let no man despise thy youth. Now remember, Timothy was a preacher. And Paul's writing to a preacher and said, look, this is essential. If you're especially if you're being in the, going in the ministry, you're ministering in a church. Purity is essential right here. I can't wave this one enough. Okay? Purity. God can't bless someone who's dirty. Amen? So if you walk into your Sunday school class, dirty with sin in your life, God's not going to bless you. He'll bless his word. He never, his word never returns void. So don't think that the blessing that happened in your class was because of you. It was because of God's word. It was in spite of you. Maybe God wants to bless your class more or your ministry more or your music more. But he can't because that's missing. Purity is essential. First Timothy 4.12, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith. Last one, purity. Purity in your conversation, purity in your actions, purity in your attitude. We don't think about that often. Purity in your attitude, purity in your motivations, and purity in your associations. This is the, one of the bedrock principles of building your Christian life. So now, we have all of this. Now, we're ready for the victory, right? Here we go. Now, let me ask you a question here this morning. Can I put this up on the top? Well, can, is it possible for me to? Yes. Is it a good idea? Why? I can just do it, right? What do I need? Oh, because what's going to happen if I put, I don't want to make a big mess all over here. But if I put this up here, could I set it? But as soon as I hit my foot really hard, what's going to happen? It's all going to fall. So what do we need? Well, here it is. I'm glad you asked this morning. 
Need some faith. That's what secures it all together, is your faith. You can, this is, we're at the knowing stage. We know. We have heard. We've taken notes. We've seen the word of God. We know. But it doesn't work until you put your faith in it. That's what we talked about in the last lesson. Faith is essential. That's okay. I'm going to try this out. Okay, so I'm going to, I want to have the victory, but I'm not 100% convinced this is for me. I'm going to put this up here. Okay, I am going to, I'm going to, I can do this gingerly. You know what? I'm going to try this out for a week and see if it works. You're going to fall down on the first 10 minutes of saying, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a try. That's why I hate when people say, well, give Jesus a try. No. No. Okay? It is either you believe it or you don't. Either you trust. Faith is either you trust or you don't trust. I have faith at this table right now. We're exercising some faith here. Uh, and, but here it is. This can sit there. This can look pretty and look great. But until a little bit of pressure comes, a little bit of temptation comes, the devil laughs and goes, there's a big bad wolf and down it comes. What do we need? We need some faith. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to have a little bit of faith this morning. And uh, we're going to start putting this together. But here it is. So this is fa- the fastener. And here is the drill. Right? So I have faith. I believe it. I'm just going to believe in my heart. I'm going to believe it. We're all good, right? What's wrong? Oh, no action. Oh, that means I must pick this up. Okay, good. So I'm going to go and I'm going to have faith in me. What's missing? Oh, I forgot the Holy Spirit. And I must submit to the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit now. I have faith. Everything's wonderful. Empowered by the, by the, we're getting the illustration here. Come on, let's say it louder. Okay, and the faith. So I must put, secure the faith by the power of the Holy Spirit in what? The Bible, the biblical principles. Now, when you first start doing this, it isn't going to be perfect. Okay? Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to church. I'm gonna be faithful. Doesn't matter what happens. I'm gonna be there. You know what? I've been harboring some bitterness in my heart towards some people. It isn't right. I need to get it right with God. You want to see revival? Start forgiving people. Amen. And so we do this. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to trust the forgiveness that Christ has given me. Oh, look at this. we got more of a structure now, don't we? You know what? I haven't been honest with God about that secret sin. I haven't been honest with my wife about what's on my cell phone or my computer. I haven't been honest with my children about been forthright with them. 
I've been a hypocrite. I make them do things I'm not willing to do. I'm just going to be honest and tell them I've done wrong and sinned. Ask for forgiveness. I'm going to be honest from now on by the power of God. Because honesty is always the best policy. And then, I'm going to live pure. I'm not going to let sin reign in my life. I'm not going to live with those besetting sins by the power of God. I'm going to have the victory. I know I can through his power. Need to be pure. But then, can you have a wall like this? Look at that. It stands up. Right? We have everything. Church attendance. We have forgiveness. And man, I'm doing pretty good. I've got my honesty. I've got my purity. I'm doing great. I'm blessed. Okay, God, I've got it now. I've got it. You've given me the victory. I'm so thankful that you got me out of that hole. I can do it now. Now, can this structure hold weight vertically? Absolutely, yes. But guess what happens when things go a little sideways? The devil loves to make things go sideways, doesn't he? These things begin to crack and snap off, and then everything above it begins to fall down. You know why? Because you let God build, and you submit it to God, but then you got out from underneath the submission of God. So, what do we need to do? Well, we need to stay what locks it all together. How we begin is also how it all ends, as we must stay locked in and committed to the Lord. You know what, Lord? I know I made that decision about church attendance. I'm tempted to get away from it. You know what? I know that when the kids get the sniffles, I'm always gone. I know if I hear the threat of COVID, I'm out of here. You know what, Lord? I'm going to trust you to take care of me. I'm going to submit to you. I got three more screws. All right. You know what? I've forgiven, but you know what that... There's that one situation that just happened to me. I just can't, can't let it go. But you know what, Lord? I'm going to submit to you. I'm casting out care upon you. I'm submitting to you, Lord. I don't know how I'm going to forgive. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But I'm submitting to you and doing it. <sighs> you know what? I've messed up. But I need to be honest. I, I don't know if I can fess up to this one. But Lord, I'm going to submit to you and I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to tell my boss that I said something bad about him. I gossiped about him. I'm just going to be honest about it. You know, if I get fired, I get fired, but I must do what's right and ask for forgiveness and be honest about it. Need to be honest. Because, Lord, I've committed to being pure. I'm going to remain pure. I'm going to submit to you in this area. So now, what do you have? A wall you can build upon, right? Too many times... We have two of these things. Maybe we have the ends. Well, if you don't have these two middle supports, once you put weight, they'll bow and begin to warp, eventually break. So are we going to build with God's materials? Because is that going anywhere? No, 
It's not. Build with his materials and in his way. You need to fasten things with faith. Now that we have the structure built, you can put some sheetrock on there, then move on. But how many think that maybe we've left a few screws out? Maybe we secured the ends, but we didn't secure honesty and forgiveness. Can you put sheetrock on that? Sure, you can. Will it look fine? Sure. But it's not structurally sound. Too many times we just, we hurry with our standards and our facades that we just hurry and put some sheetrock on. We put some good plaster and paint, and it looks great. But then it all falls apart. Build first. Then, the rest comes. Don't get the one before the other because you could also have rotten wood here. The world offers you all kinds of materials today better than anything. I was talking to Brother Davis about this. Like, hey, I was going to think about doing this for your home. He goes, oh, don't do that. It's a scam. He said, I'll show you some houses that had that done and they're falling apart. I said, well, I won't do that. You know why? Because he's a master builder. He knows what he's talking about. He's been doing his whole life. going to listen to him. And so what do we need to listen to? Well, the wise master builder is Christ. Better listen to him. Need to have faith. Remember what we learned. You got to, faith is full committal. Hebrews eleven six. but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You need to take the screws of faith and attach them together. That's not, well, I'm going to give it a try. I'm committing to this. God's promised. I'm claiming the promise. I'm doing it. And here we go. No matter what happens, I know it'll work out for God's glory. You trust the architect. You trust the materials. You know, no one wants to live in a house with parts missing. Do you want to live in a house with parts missing? Do you want your main structure of your side walls to have 10 10 studs instead of 20? That they're every 36 inches instead of every 18? No one wants that. Maybe you should look at some of the houses and clean me. I'm just saying. Anyway, (laughs) you wonder sometimes. Cutting corners, right? Cutting corners never works. You know, can I tell you this? The Holy Spirit is the great building inspector. You need to be sensitive to his leading. He says, you know what? Yeah, you, you did good with you trying to be honest, but you know what? That could be a little bit more square. Remember, Holy Spirit's perfect. He's holy, perfection, purity. Yeah, you, you're you working on that forgiveness, but you know what? To be honest with you, that forgiveness isn't going far enough. Are you really giving that all over, or are you holding something back? Are you really, all do, are you really doing all that you can do in God's house? Are you really worshiping the way you need to be? Are you being honest and sincere? It's great that you're worshiping, but are you being honest? Are you doing it genuinely? All the Holy Spirit is the great building inspector. So are you trusting the blueprint of God? Are you building your life? It will not build itself. Christ is our guide and our strength. You must take the steps to follow him.